Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast. I am Adam Lavecki, and I am here with DK Kim and we are your hosts. Thank you for joining us. We are in this space to help you renew your mind and transform your life. We will be having helpful, honest, and hard conversations about culture and the kingdom of God. These conversations will help you to not be conformed to this current culture and will help you to grow in Christ. Jesus commanded us to preach the gospel and make disciples. This is an ongoing digital discipleship discussion. If you find this helpful, please subscribe, review, and share the Be Transformed podcast. Episode 8, Supernatural Faith. We're here with Apostle Steve Hannett. We're excited about today. And today we're going to be talking about supernatural faith and how God establishes his testimony in our lives. And so I would say that faith plus obedience equals testimony. And so, Pastor Steve, how um, explain to us how you had an encounter, a life-changing encounter with Jesus, and then kind of like the process of what happened from there. Yeah, so first, great to be with you on the podcast, Adam and DK. Um, you know, we don't know what God's up to often when he starts things, but when I was only a sophomore in college um, and did not know who God really was, I was exposed to a lot of religion, a lot of man-made traditions, but I never really encountered Jesus Christ or what we know as the gospel. I didn't know what good news was. Uh, During that time, I received bad news, real bad news. I was diagnosed with cancer and uh, found out I had a tumor in my neck. And uh, we, you know, went to the doctors, we went through that process, and um, I began to have radiation treatment. I began to suffer pretty dramatically from that. Uh, at one point, I couldn't swallow my own saliva. How old were you at this time? 19, just about turning 20. Wow. And um, during this time, um, I had this awareness of God. But again, I didn't know what his good news was. And I went down to uh, a beach um, on the uh, New Jersey shore and everybody had left. And uh, it was one of those times when it was just you and God. And I had learned these prayers like Hail Mary, full of grace and Mm -hmm. different kinds of prayers that you would just pray with repetition. But I had too much fear, too much pain, too much everything, emotion to pray those prayers. So I, I cried out to him. I looked wow. up out at the sky and I said, well, God, you, you have to be out there somewhere. So the two words that I, that I prayed were, teach me. So simple, right? It wasn't fancy. Wow. It was about three months from that time that God began in a very direct way to answer that prayer. And to make it short, he directed me to someone who knew the gospel, who knew the good news. And they shared the Bible with me. And I can share the detail, you know, later in the interview or another time, but they shared the Bible. So who was, who was that man? All right. So it's very interesting because I wasn't looking for God. Yep. I didn't find him in a church. I found him in a martial arts studio. Interesting not normally the place to find someone who knows the gospel yeah because martial arts is filled with all kinds of yeah yeah demonic things in eastern religion but 
I went looking for internal energy, acupressure, acupuncture, uh, Eastern way of dealing with, with cancer. And so I sat down and I said to him, um, you know, I have cancer. And he kept smiling at me. And, <laughs> and he's from South Korea. His name is Dong Jin Kim. Yep. And um, I, I thought he, he, he really must not understand English because most people will say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, he's yeah. just still smiling. <laughs> and I, I asked him, I said, will you help me um, learn acupuncture and acupressure, uh, holistic medicine, internal energy? Not that I knew much about it at the time. I just was aware of it very strongly. He says, no, no, I no help you like that. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, you at least give me some books. You see, my motivation was really clear. You know, yeah. um, I just didn't want to die. Yeah. You know, I figured I was too young. Yeah. I, I didn't, I, I didn't want to die. And uh, when I asked him, can, you know, can you give me many books or just some books? And he says, no, like really strongly. <laughs> no, no. And uh, he said to me, you don't need many books. You only need one book. And he had been reading when I walked in and he slides the book he was reading across the desk and it was the Bible. <laughs> wow. So th this is so crazy, right? Because now, you know, go back 13, 12, 13 years ago, maybe more, maybe 14 years ago, I'm hearing this. My mom is the one who first heard Pastor Steve on the radio. She's like, Adam, we heard faith again, like faith, like real faith. And so she was excited. So we went. And then when we hear this testimony, we're like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Because that was my Taekwondo instructor when I was a kid. Oh, the same man. The same guy. What? And he's the Taekwondo instructor of my kids and Joseph and Erica's, uh, wow. you know. And, and they're actually, of another family from Rescue goes there too. So it's so, when I first heard this, I was like, this is crazy and supernatural. So anyway. Yeah, so um, he slides the Bible across the desk in my first reaction to that, I think, was what most people would think is a little confused, like, I don't get it. What I was intrigued, but kind of like, what does this book have to do with me being sick? I mean, I think in my mind, and like most people, they think faith is this soft, fluffy thing. Religion is in its own little world. And then there's science, all right? Medical science, all kinds of science. And that's what we really trust. But there was something about him. There was a presence about him. Mm. And it was strong. Mm. It was thick is the way I would describe mm -hmm. it. It wasn't fleeting. It was steady. It was deep. Yeah. And I didn't know it then, but I realize now it was the peace of God yeah. upon him. That's amazing because it's, it's really interesting because you could really misinterpret his like, I'm not going to help you. Like, and he's just smiling. Like you have cancer. He's like, I'm dying of cancer. He's smiling at you. Like, yeah. it's easy to misinterpret that. But the way I would view that is you're talking to a man who's not moved by the situation, yeah. but he's moved by, by, by God. Exactly. So, and, so, and, and he in, in the natural used to be the Korean Marines military trainer. And so his nature is that of a warrior. Mm -hmm. So he's the kind of individual that when there's trouble, he becomes alive. Wow. You know, um, and I didn't know it, but when, 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 you cho when you choose the way of peace, you have to become a warrior. 
Because if you're going to maintain peace, you have to fight everything that would try to rock that peace. Excellent. And I was meeting him in a season where he was already a matured warrior Mm -hmm. for the peace promise of God. Yeah. See, this to me is really encouraging, and it also really illustrates the importance of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Pastor Steve didn't come into a church service, a healing meeting, a healing conference. I mean, he goes to like looking for acupuncture and like a Taekwondo dojo, like, and he encounters the living God. Like that is an illustration of why it's literally life and death. That's right. Why the saints need to be equipped for the work of the ministry. Yeah. And it's also, it's also a example of his grace, God's grace that he heard my cry. Like David cried and he said that God heard his cry. God heard my cry on that beach. And I never had the opportunity to learn the good news. And here's someone who knows the good news and took the time to share the good news. And, and I, you know, think about this. So in, in our area, we, we, we pretty much grew up in the same area in the Northeast. Yeah. I'm 19, almost 20 years old, and I never meet a disciple of Jesus Christ. Hmm. When you frame it that way, it's pretty aggressive. Yeah. And, and, and if there were people who were endeavoring to be followers of Jesus no one ever talked to me mm. about the king. And so this is not like the Middle East or like some cave in Afghanistan. Right. This is where everybody thinks they know God. Wow. And this is where everybody thinks other people know God. But now people don't even want to know God or seem like they don't want to know God. But nevertheless, I know that people actually are seeking truth. And if I can, just for a moment, I was, I was on a, on a retreat with Jesus. It was just me and him for a week. And, uh, you know, some people are like, you spent a whole week by yourself? I said, no. <laughs> I, I just told you I was with Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and it was at the end of the end of that time. And where I was, there was nobody. Um, but there were a bunch of houses that were all dark. It was a summer community down the shore, mm. and um, there was nobody there, and it was raining, and it was nighttime, and it was desolate. And I was a little lamenting, complaining. Yeah. Right? That's a yeah. better word for it, maybe. But I was <laughs> complaining about how hard ministry is sometimes and how cold people seem to the gospel. So here I'm having a little bit of a pity party at that moment. (laughs) And uh, all of a sudden, I didn't hear it naturally, but I discerned screams. Mm. Tears, weeping, torment. Yeah. As if it was millions upon millions. Yeah. And God was speaking to me. I hear all of them. All at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then, again, I didn't hear him audibly, but the words were clear. They all are seeking me. It's just that they don't know it's me mm, yeah. that they're seeking. Yep. Yeah, I'm actually he- really moved by, by that and just the, the heart of God. Because, um, you know, I think every time we have these testimonies, we hear stories, 
we see people seeking the truth in something, whether it's truth in the meaning of life, truth in healing, truth in cleansing. Yeah. And they always, they, sometimes you look at the counterfeit stuff, but even in the counterfeit, when you're seeking that, God shows up behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah, and that's just an amazing yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah so I, I really repented that day, and I said, I'm never going to complain about it because people all over the world of every race, tribe, everywhere are seeking help. They're seeking mm-hmm. him. And, um, and this is his grace that he, he heard my cry. And, and I want to encourage everybody who's listening right now that if you cry out to him, he's going to answer you. Mm-hmm. He's going to answer you. Yeah. That's awesome. That's powerful. So you're, 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 so now you're with Don Jim Kim. He slides the book, the Bible, across the table. What happens next? So we spent five hours together. Wow. It happened on a different day, but the next big step was we spent five hours together. And he taught me in a very unique way. He opened that Bible, and he pointed to a verse, and he, he said, read it. And I did. And then he'd flip to another verse and I'd read it. And he did this over and over and over. And he would give some comments, but he was really allowing the scripture to do the speaking, to do the preaching. Because he said something to me at the beginning of this that I want everybody to hear because it was just way too reasonable for me to reject. Because at that time, and it's crazy to think about it, but I thought maybe all roads lead to heaven. Hmm. Maybe all the religions are have somehow their own place in the cosmos. Hmm. And at the time, he said, if you want to know God, ask God. Hmm. So simple. So simple. He said, if you ask people, you're going to get thousands of different, and there's 10,000 world religions on the earth today, yeah. even within Christianity. 33,000. 30, yeah, 30,000 factions. There's more denominations of Christianity than there is world religions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. So this is why he was allowing the word of God to, to speak. And so the three things or, or, or the few things that he really taught me in that five-hour period, which felt like five minutes, was who is God? Who is Satan and who am I? Who is this Jesus? What did he do? What did he accomplish? And so describing who God is, who Satan is, and and people need to understand that Satan is real. And a lot of people are afraid of him and they shouldn't be, But, but he's real. And then he was describing my, my condition, and either I am connected to and underneath the authority of Satan, or I am connected to and under the authority of Almighty God. Again, DK, so simple. Yeah. Two paths, two levels of ownership, and it was so clear. I am either dead in my sin, or I am alive mm. in Jesus Christ. I am either free or I am a slave. And he really began to describe the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So the person of Jesus, who he is, and then 
what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And people need to understand that the Bible is the most relevant book on the earth. And they've been lied to. To mm-hmm. say that it's difficult to understand. Yep. Um, it, it's, it's written by men. No, it was penned by men. It has one author. Um, we don't have time now to go through the uniqueness of the scripture, but it's, it's, it's beyond compelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, even scientists say that Jesus Christ is the Son of God for over 300 prophecies to align in one man's life is one over one ten thousandth of a chance. Yeah. It's a statistical miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking at this, you begin, to, you, you begin to step back and say, what I'm reading is not natural. That's right. And, and my, my testimony to you is that when I was reading the scripture, and I remember half his Bible was in the Korean language and half was in the English language, and the paper was not like paper. It was like cloth. Mm-hmm. It was so well worn. It mm-hmm. was like a material. And... and um, and I remember reading it, and these words were not entering my head. It was piercing my heart. Wow. They were so clear. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I've been to religion class. What's going on right now? Mm. This is as clear as it could be, not complex. People need to know the Bible wasn't written for scholars. It was written for the unbeliever yeah. so that they may believe. And the truths that I learned were talking about sickness disease, where it comes from, what the root of it is, what Jesus Christ did to destroy it. And I remember asking him because I was starting to get filled with so much hope. And I remember he said to me, I I asked him, I said, does this mean that, that I'm going to be okay? And in his Korean accent, he said, oh, depend on attitude. (laughs) (laughs) He was telling me, oh, it's not just that there's hope in the Bible. It's how you respond Mm. to the hope that is in the Bible. Wow. Excellent. Wow. And that kind of makes me think of Jesus' sermon, Beatitudes, where he's like, blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom. It's almost like in your state where you're seeking healing in the face of death, it just bypassed even your your mind, it just your faith was activated in that moment. Directly. That's right. Yeah, in that in that condition. That's right. What's what's really fascinating too, though, right, is the longest eighteen inches in the world is between your head and your heart. So he's he's like in the natural. He's reading it. His eyes are telling him. So it's it's hitting his brain, or else. But but what's happening? It's like it's like in the spirit. It's going into the depths of who he is, yeah. and then that truth is coming alive in his spirit. And then his mind is starting to think, wow, like I can live like this is crazy. Like when you think of like, yeah. And, and this is, this is why the, the Western world built on the scientific method of experiencing the world and measuring it through the senses is at such a disadvantage to experience God mm-hmm. because, you know, science tells us that water is two parts, hydrogen and oxygen, right? Man, there's a big difference between knowing that and tasting it. Yep. And you can know a lot about water, but I have no idea how when I drink water, it nourishes my entire being. I don't understand that. And what a lot of people are often seeking is they're seeking to understand God, to figure God out instead of just tasting him. Mm -hmm. And that's why when grace comes, when truth comes, when 
when, when wisdom comes, when his power comes, I'm not so concerned about understanding it as much as I am concerned about beholding it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, too, it's like by faith we understand. We live in a culture post-enlightenment that wants to understand, then believe, but that's the opposite of how God works. God works, you you believe, and it brings you into understanding. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the gospel when Jesus is like, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Everybody's like, we're out of here. Yeah. And then Jesus turns to his best guys and goes, are you guys leaving too? That's and, right. and, and they didn't, right? But guess guess who actually began to really understand that? The guys who stuck around. The, that's right, and and I'm 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 glad that you said that. You know, I'm I'm just going to turn here to to First Peter because because you brought balance to what I was saying on the other side of the equation. It's not that God does not want us to have knowledge. It's just the pathway to that knowledge is not what we think. And in First Peter in chapter one, it says, uh, verse two, it says, "Grace and peace." This is Peter writing. He says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you." in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And, and, it, and it goes through and it says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And so there's this idea that, that God is wanting us to have knowledge of him, but it is not going to be the kind of knowledge that's going to come through intellectual yeah. prowess. Yeah, and can I can I just say something just yeah to 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 what just to make a comment on what he's saying? Like all of us in this life want grace and peace. Like let's let's unreligify grace and peace. Grace is the generosity of God toward you. It's what Jesus deserves, not what you deserve. It is the empowering presence of God to do with God what you could never do without him. It is the generosity of God. Like who doesn't want abundance and generosity, right? It's like, right? And then peace in in, in the Hebrew, because remember Peter is writing as a Jew. He's a Christian, but he's Jewish. And so he's thinking Hebrew. So he writes peace and peace has meaning in, in Greek. But, but in Hebrew, it has shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, favor, abundance. Like it encompasses wholeness and abundance in every area of life. It's like, who doesn't want that? All right. So when Paul writes, he wrote grace and peace to you. Peter does something different. He's the only writer who writes multiplied because the knowledge of God is the thing that will multiply grace and peace in your life. So on the other side of knowing God intimately and honestly and in reality, it multiplies grace and peace in your life. So what everyone is after, if you get after God, that stuff will get after you. Mm. Like people many times in, in our in our current world, it's like everyone is seeking an opportunity. What I found is if you seek the Lord, opportunities seek you. Yeah. It's very interesting how we can be preoccupied with things that matter less than him. And what I found in my life, just walking with the Lord is that when I pursue him and I, and I get to know him specifically though, in areas of my life, right? Cause sometimes it's like, we, we want to know God with our sickness 
or we want to know God with our money, but we want to keep them out of our relationships or sexuality or our bad habits that we don't want to talk about, whatever. Yeah. Right. But when you invite him into all of those spaces, there is a multiplication of grace and peace. And that's what everyone's after. And this, this is where if we, if we go even a little bit before that, we have grace and peace and we have to ask, well, where, where are they coming from? And, and we can say, well, God, but first John chapter four, verse 16 reveals that God is love. So now hopefully this will become very clear. How can you understand love at a purely intellectual level? So there's got to be some sort of encounter there. And, 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 and my, my, if somebody says, you know, well, well, what is the encounter? Well, the answer is simple. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the manifest love of God. So you can meet Jesus. I could meet Jesus. Yeah. And when I meet a person... Yep. And think about this right now. Even when we're talking right here, we're looking at each other. We're in the room, the light, the clothing, the smells, whatever it may be. We're, we're beholding tons of information. And that's why it's so powerful when, when Paul the Apostle said, if you look at him, mm-hmm. if you look into him, you become transformed like him. And so... In the beginning stages of my life at this time, I wasn't seeing a church building. Hmm. I, I wasn't seeing symbols. At this time of my life, I was there at the desk reading the Bible, but I was actually encountering a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because people do not frame it as if God is a person. Like You went out on a retreat, and people are like, who are you with? And you were like, Jesus... When people don't get that, like he's a real person, they're suffering from unbelief. Like for, for someone, one of the great lies, believe this, I know that you'll probably, you probably know this, but one of the great lies that Christians say is I'm lonely. Mm. Jesus is a person. Yeah. So, so you may be out of focus, but you're not alone. Yeah. Because if you're alone, he's a liar and he's not a liar. Yeah. And, and, and this is where even... The ramifications of this are enormous, and, and I've done a lot of study and writing on this topic, but the idea that, you know, the Word of God, right? Because that's what I was reading, right? That's what Donjin Kim yep. slid across the desk to me. And people say, oh, there must be verses and scriptures. Well, it was never laid out that way, right? We, we, we know it was, yes, there were documents, and yes, there's a written Word, but First John says, uh, or John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and here it is. The word was God. Word was God. Now it's the next verse that's amazing. The Bible says he, mm-hmm. he, the word, it says he was in the beginning with God. He? Is, is God personifying an inanimate object as an allegory or a metaphor or something like? No. John 1.14 says the word became flesh. flesh. Everything prophetic, everything to reveal about God it is there. And what did Jesus tell Thomas? The doubter. Yeah. Put your hand in my hand. Yep. Put your hand in my side. So the word 
is a method, a vehicle. It's a grace because how do I see God? How, do, how does my natural attain to the supernatural when I don't, I don't have those faculties yet? And how do I commune with him? And so the word was given that, and I described this, that you know, God, the word starts as a preexistent form before earth. Then it goes into a spoken form. And so I, I've been teaching this a lot, but when God said, let there be light in creation, First John uh, tells us, chapter 1, verse 5. In him was light. He's light. Yep. God is light, yep. and in him there is no darkness. Okay, wait a minute. God said, he's speaking, let there be light. I began to understand. God said, let me be there. Mm. He was invading yes. the cosmos where there was darkness, which yeah. goes into a long history. And, but, but he was invading that, and he separated light from dark, and there was not the sun, yeah. moon, and stars yet. So he was yep. actually putting himself where there was darkness, and he divided it. Yep. Sunlight first, S-O-N. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So yep. when, when this is happening, again, it's, it's, he's releasing himself and this is how God is operating in the supernatural. So later in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Pointing right back at that. Pointing uh, right back yeah, at that. As the creator and sustainer of all things. And the world is in darkness. Wait, that's like Genesis. Mm. Wait yep. a minute. And Jesus said, if you follow me, you will not walk in darkness. These verses begin to, pun intended, shed light, light. <laughs> <laughs> upon some of the reasons why people are not walking in the supernatural. Because God is spirit. And the word is spiritual. And so if I would come to the word of God, knowing that it's not revealing information that's fragmented but rather it's it's revealing the person of Jesus Christ now that's right. instead of reading the bible i'm communing with him yeah i'm gazing into his eyes and and he is breathing remember when he breathed the ruach he yep. into the the breath of life well the bible's called the word of life Wait a minute, Lord, are you desiring to breathe what you speak? And instead of imparting intellectual information, you're breathing yourself into me, yep. into my heart. Yep. It's not a difficult concept. Uh, if we were to read somebody's love letter, they would be communicating in a poem or something and says, this is my heart. And I believe that God is doing that. And, and by, by partaking of the word, eating his word, we're literally becoming one with him. And this is where, now, how do I describe this? It's, it's not about being anti-intellectual. That's right. And, and, and you know me, I love yeah. the study. Yeah, very smart. And you know, I'm pursuing yeah. higher education. I mean, I, mean I, I believe that God yeah. gave us intellect, uh, intellect. intellect as a gift, yep. right? I mean, he's kind of smart, too. I mean, you can't love God with your mind if you don't ever turn it on. Correct. It's just like <laughs> so what, what we're talking about here is the encounter. 
allow the word of God to be received. And it will begin to do the work in the person to the degree that you'll begin to understand things that you don't know how you understand. Yeah, I want to just make a simple comment on that. Understanding the word is supernatural. To understand the word with clarity is 100% supernatural. Like someone being healed, someone being raised from the dead. You see that in, in Acts when the Ethiopian eunuch is reading. And he's reading about Isaiah 55, but his eyes are closed. He can't see Jesus. Philip preaches Jesus. He gets baptized. And then Philip is supernaturally taken to another city. The message there is that the scriptures being opened is supernatural. And so you have all these religious Jews that know the Bible back to front. They can quote it, recite it, and they can't see Jesus and he's standing in front of them. So you have to understand that faith allows you to see what, what other people can't see. And so it is totally supernatural to understand the scriptures. And I think sometimes we minimize that and we, we just go, oh, like, okay, I heard a good word. Yeah, I like that message. It's like, you don't understand. Eternal life was just passed out and, and spoken. You have to lay hold of that and receive it and, and let it transform your life. It, it's not like, oh, that was a good word. Like, no, this is meant to open up our eyes and, and transform our lives. And so I just had to kind of just throw that in there. Yeah, and you know, an easy way of thinking about this too is you'll never have a crop without the seed. Seed that isn't planted produces nothing. And the word is described as seed. And so if we, if we put the word of God in and our heart is good ground, and, and we, we really allow that word to penetrate the heart deeply, it's not the ground that produces, it's the seed. The ground is merely allowing the seed to do what is in the seed. And it's such a simple con- concept that we, we, we are trying to produce things, healing, peace, love, um, revelation, uh, a good marriage, yep. a healthy body, without the seed. That's right. And it, we don't understand. I, I, I think we all need to be farmers for at least a few seasons. <laughs> and we'd understand the words of Jesus better. Because we think going to church services and hearing messages uh, or motivational podcasts are going to change our lives. It's just not true. Yep. You need to have the supernatural seed, the word of God, planted in the heart, and then you're going to get a supernatural harvest. Yeah. And you see with the parable of Jesus, which says, if you don't understand this, you can't understand the kingdom. Um, the issue is not the seed ever. The issue is always the soil. Mm. So that's something to, to really consider in our lives. Like what are, what have we allowed in the soil of our life to spoil the seed? Like we have to really consider that and, you know, till the ground in our heart and ask the Holy Spirit to show us with humility, like, Hey, what have I given permission to live in this soil that is choking the seed? Because if, if we look, you know, many times God is a, obviously able to show us what, what is 
what is prohibiting this life of God from naturally just springing forth. That's right. You know, this is where I think the parable of the sower is ultimately about the destiny of Jesus in the human heart because Jesus is the seed. Yes. Now there are other scriptures that describe Jesus as the sower, but the idea is that the father is planting Jesus in the heart. And now it's saying what's going to happen to that seed in the human heart. This is where people have to realize the grace of God is that he is planting. But are we giving what he's planting the chance? And then if we've given the seed the chance, are we adhering? Do we believe it enough to water it, to protect it? And that parable reveals that there are birds of the air that Jesus describes who yep. are demons. Yep. Now let's just step back for a moment, right? Yep. If demons are afraid of the seed yep. taking root, that tells us something. Yeah. They know something's in the seed, and they do it right away. It doesn't ever say that the birds of the air come and take away the seed from any of the any of the grounds that it was planted, even though it was in, and even though it grew with the tares, you know, with, with the uh, thorns, the thorny ground, that's not the recording of the, of the stealing of it. It was on the wayside. It was the wayward. In other words, my point is the devil went after it when he could get it. Yep. And he went after it as quickly as he could get it. Mm. And this is where we've got to realize if the devil is trying to prevent it, He's afraid of it. That's right. And think, think of this. Jesus has, you know, Jesus gets this prophetic word. You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased before he does any ministry, right? He doesn't do anything. He just waited on the Lord. And he waited for the Father to reveal him. Waiting on the Lord really touches the Father. And, and allowing the Father to speak on your behalf really touches the Father because it's the Father's job to reveal sons. Sons are not supposed to reveal themselves. That's um, indecent exposure. Um, and whatever you have to get by self-promotion, you have to sustain that way, which is very tiring. Uh, it's really miserable. And so, um, anyway, Jesus has an encounter with Satan. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 6, 16, 6, 14, and Deuteronomy 8. 8, 3, yeah. I mean, yeah, 8, 3, right? And so this is the word of God who became flesh, who has the highest regard for the written word. This is something that if this generation is going to be stable in the supernatural, mm -hmm. this is something that has to really go deep in this generation. If they're going to be stable in the supernatural. Now, historically speaking and in scripture, before there's a powerful outpouring, almost always, historically, the scriptures are opened. You see it in Acts 2. Before the heavens were open, the scriptures were open. Acts 1, Peter knows we got to replace Judas with Matthias. And the other guy. You know, so, so it's like, this, this is re the scriptures must be open if heaven is going to be open. And when the scriptures are opened, heaven is opened. Yes. It's really, really, really critical. Yes. 
um, I, I sense like a little bit of an urgency on this because this keeps coming up. Yeah. This this keeps coming up. Like we're talking to other people, it's coming up. Church is coming up. Conversation is coming up. I believe it's something that the Spirit is saying to the church. Yeah. The word has become too the deceptions of the word have become so familiar, the church doesn't even realize they're walking in deception about the word. Because they, they say, oh yeah, go grab the Bible. Oh, there's 66 books. And what, what, what do they do in seminary? They, they, they treat the word like an inanimate object. Where is the fear <laughs> that God is speaking mm. and, and that's why Isaiah I believe it's I have to go back and check it's like 60 61 he says this is the one that God considers the one who trembles, trembles at his word at his word wait what the one who trembles at his word man that means there's a level of faith operating now what blows my mind is the Bible says demons believe and tremble and tremble mm. but people are trembling in the presence of demons who are trembling in the presence of the word but the but the people aren't trembling in the presence of the word so when i'm looking at this i'm saying causality if people would tremble at the word of god they would no longer tremble at the enemy the, at the enemy yeah and, uh, and, and what, when I look and, you know, you guys know, I, well, Pastor Adam, you know, I love worship and, you know, yeah. we go a little crazy with worship and, 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 and I love the sound of worship because God taught me there's no defense. There's no defense. The enemy has no defense when worship, listen, is where the word is released in song. It, it, prayer, there's no defense when the word is saturated yeah. with the word. In other words, people will worship and they'll pray, yeah. but they won't study. And worship and prayer are only going to be as powerful as the deposit of the word. The word. Mm, yeah. and, and that's why when in Luke um, and in Matthew uh, concerning the temptations of Jesus, and, and you were referring to that, Adam, with... Um, uh, Jesus saying it is written the Lord showed me something which it brought me weeping it, it just it, 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 I just began to weep ah when I was studying this I believe the Lord helped me to understand that Satan the serpent who met Jesus in the wilderness was undefeated he never encountered flesh yeah and lost. He, he was never spoken to, get behind me. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. And going back to Adam and Eve. So you know this because you have a Taekwondo background too. You never, ever let anyone behind you who is in any way a threat to you. That's right. So... <laughs> So, 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 right. So when, he, when Jesus says, get behind me, he is saying that you have nothing right. in me. That's right. And yeah. So this is where, when Jesus 
says it is written, and, and Satan has never been defeated, anyone in the flesh, he, he, anyone, when he's coming against Jesus, and Jesus says it is written, we have to get this. It's, it's what you were saying. He, there was no emotionalism. There was no sensationalism. There was no need for fasting and prayer before. You know that? No, no. Jesus is in the state of fasting. He, it's not, how do I describe this? He's walking in it. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, a human. Yeah. Let's work this up. He was prepared. Let's work this up. He was prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was understanding his identity. You know what my pastor told me about that years ago? Mm. It blew my mind. He's like, if you have to pray right before you preach with that like neurotic pray, like we got to pray, you're not ready to preach. You're not ready to preach. Look at Peter <laughs> and John when, when, when he, uh, Acts chapter three, when they spoke to the man who was paralyzed, he said, um, well, I don't have silver and gold, but I'll give you what I have it, because they were in the overflow. And, and so what God taught me that day when I was weeping was that when Satan hears the word, sees the word, he sees his defeat. That's not figurative. He sees anything of flesh. He already knows. I've already won. Yep. You're in a ring where I reign. But once Jesus was not operating in the flesh, he's operating in the spirit. Now, here's what's amazing. Human beings first were made with dust, right? First the the dust, the flesh, then he breathed the Ruach. Jesus is different. He's first spirit, spirit mm. then right. dust. was clothed with the likeness of dust. Yeah. So human beings live from the flesh to the spirit, which never works. That's what we tried to do. Jesus was living from the spirit and dealing with the enemy from the spirit. So this is what, when, when, when God was teaching this to me, it, it was bringing clarity of going, everything's a waste of time in spiritual warfare unless we are one with the word. Yep. Now, Satan, he's not afraid of misquoted words. He's not afraid of half-quoted words. He did it. He, he half-quoted yeah. Psalm, Psalm 91. 91. So what, what, what helped me to understand this, and this will make it simple or really clear for everybody, I pray, but he says something to Jesus. He says, yeah, he says in uh, Luke 4, verse 5, he said, then the devil, taking him, speaking about Jesus, up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. I understood. Satan was given the keys by Adam and Eve, Yep. not taken, given, given. and it's been delivered to him. But what was delivered to him? God cursed everything mankind even the ground mm -hmm. i understood the only thing satan has any authority over is that which is, is cursed. cursed now it began to make sense the word cannot be cursed mm 
In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. John 1.14, the Word became flesh. Satan had no authority over Jesus because no sin, no curse. Fast forward, I'm here with Don Jin Kim. I have cancer in my body at that time. How old are you? 1920, this is the time. And I'm cursed with the law of sin and death. Jesus. So before he spoke to me about healing, he needed to transfer me. The, he needed to lead me for the Lord to translate me, transfer me from under the power of the darkness to the power of light, Whoa. the kingdom. In other words, my body, my flesh is underneath and it's a, we're, we're cursed things. Yeah, people don't like to hear that. They like to hear, oh, we're all children of God. If we're all children of God, why did God have to adopt us? <laughs> it doesn't make yeah. any sense. We were children of wrath. Yep. And so religion that's man-made makes people feel good, but true religion yeah. of God makes us transform. So, so at that time, I, now I understood I need to be born again, begotten and here's what's crazy. If, if people are following along with this in 1 Peter chapter 1, people don't know this. Like they, they could put my, my DNA, like Ancestry.com and all those kinds of things, right? They can put our DNA under a microscope and say, oh, your, your mom was this, your dad was this, and you have this in your lineage, right? Well, I'm thankful that the Word of God shows me my, my DNA. And it says in... 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. Guys, this stuff, it blows my mind. My DNA, our DNA, every believer has been born of the word of God. Mm -hmm. My spirit is literally begotten of the word of God. It's not cursed. I began to understand. Satan may be able to influence my old nature. He's got zero authority over even my born again creation because it is made of the thing that defeats him. Yep. That's right. Incorruptible seed. Incorruptible. He's got zero authority over this. So when we're talking about how do we walk in the supernatural, this is the foundation. Mm. We've got to understand who we are. Yeah. We are not flesh creations trying to talk to a spiritual God. We are literally first spirit and and the spirits have souls and the souls and spirits are contained in bodies. Yeah. And if we would begin to capture that, get a hold of that, man, we're going to walk in the power, the supernatural power of God. You know, many times in church, people are taught more about like generational curses, how much this is cursed, this, that, and all these other things. I've hardly ever heard anyone say, when you're born again, you're brought into the family of Abraham and Hebrews 11 is part of your family history. Yeah. You, you, you see people going at, to all lengths and all extents to find out about the past yeah. to, and it's really interesting how 
this truth, I find that the truth that you're engaging with right now not only helps you with spiritual warfare, but it stabilizes you in your identity in Christ. And I think that it's very, very, very important. There's a lot of teaching out there right now that goes by different names from different people that has gotten very, very popular, and it does do exactly what you say. And it has concerned me greatly because they'll say, well, you have a generational curse um, and we have to break a curse. And my question to this is, wait a minute. It's already broken. Two pieces of wood. Mm-hmm. The yep. cross. Jesus' sacrifice on that tree says, I'm not cursed. Now, I understand that there are influences of the enemy. And Christians can be under the influence of generational things. Sure. But hallelujah, there's a difference between being under the influence of something versus being under the authority of something. The key difference is I can walk out from under the influence anytime. Yes. Authority? You can't walk out from authority. If you're under authority, you're a slave to that. You're bound to that because they have authority over you. So there's great success in people realizing and saying, Okay, we're not breaking a curse. If you are a believer, I'm talking about. If you, if you have received Jesus Christ, you're not breaking a curse. You've been redeemed from the curse, Galatians 3.13 says. What you're doing actually is now standing in the victory that Christ has yeah. already uh, provided for us through his sacrificial yeah. death and burial. So it's through belief and faith we're appropriating the victory into our life today. That's right. But it's already been victorious. It's been done. Yeah. It's been paid for. So yeah. let me ask. So you're 20 years old. You have this encounter. What happens? Does he pray for you? What happens? Yeah. So after finding out my identity and what Jesus did, um, it was action time. And I absolutely love something that Dungeon Kim told me, and I love everybody to hear. He said, God is power. He said, God is love. Because God is both, he must act. Made so much sense. If, if you have power, but you don't have love, you could change it, but you may not. You may not help. You may not intervene. If you have love, but you don't have power, you really want to intervene, but you can't do a darn thing. <laughs> But if you have power and love, now you've got the motivation and the ability to break the stronghold. So we read a lot of verses in the Bible of what happened with the early apostles and the early disciples and the believers. And what did they do? They casted out demons and healed the sick. Jesus in Matthew 10 says he gave them power to cast out demons and to heal the sick. And so what did we do? What was the next thing? We did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did that. We got to work. <laughs> we got to work. He laid his hands on me and he commanded the root and the root of sickness and disease. It is not natural. It is spiritual and mm. it is demonic. And mm. the church in America has got to wake up and deal with the reality that that's what's in the scripture. He gave them power to cast out demons and heal the sick. And so... Oh, thank you, God. Here's somebody who actually believed it and did it, laid hands on me. A whole lot of stuff happened when he began to pray in the name of Jesus. The easiest way I can describe it is in Genesis chapter 1, when we were talking about when light was divided from darkness, well, when his name is released, it still divides light from darkness. And 
everything wicked. I suffered with fear, obsessive compulsive disorder. I had the cancer. I had anxiety. I had all kinds of things that people didn't see in the outside. And in one moment of time, he ordered every unclean spirit to depart from my body. My whole body was shaking. I felt power entering me from every direction, literally power from every, from every direction. Oh my goodness. Wow. I thank, I thank God so much. Yeah. You know, I thank God so much because what Thank we're speaking God. about is not theory. Yeah. This is real yeah. and people need to know it. And, and, uh, and then I remember him saying, uh, depart in the name of Jesus Christ. And I fell to the ground. Like I felt everything evil leave me from the sole of my feet all the way up through my body, out of my head, everything left. And I'm on the floor and I feel like I have electricity flowing through my whole body. Interesting. And, um, so there, you, you, yeah. this is really interesting. I want to just see if I, I'm hearing this correctly. Because I've seen I've seen demons leave people also through the feet, so you're 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 see, this this kind of demonic stuff is lifting off of you, but it's coming out through your head. It That's happened, what you said. Yeah, is that it how you felt so it? quickly? So there was a lot of movement. There was a lot of things. Um, there's things that I'm not going to talk about on the podcast right okay. now. Okay. Because some people may freak out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, but uh, there was a lot of the spiritual world was opening up. Let me say that. Okay. Cool. Mm. The spiritual world was opening up. Um, and you were seeing stuff. I was discerning stuff. That's the best way of saying it. I wasn't okay. like I was seeing with my natural eye, okay. but my mind knew like, oh my gosh, there's a circle around us right mm-hmm. now. And I didn't know them, but now I believe they were angels. Angels of the Lord. But, but I didn't, yeah. I was thinking to myself as this prayer is going, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What's going on? But I kept saying, Jesus, help me, you know, in my mind. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of stuff happened. Um, a lot of things. There was communication from the uh, from, from from the demons. There was a lot of stuff yeah, that yeah. happened during this time. But as you soon can as feel free to just say whatever you want or not. Yeah, That's totally. Yeah. You're totally I free. won't share everything now. Right. But yeah, yeah. but th- th- there was a lot, and and demons began speaking. I mean, it, 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 th- there was a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And I remember you shared this with me a long time ago. Whenever Jesus comes around, he always, oh, yeah. whatever in somebody, is, oh yeah, is, is he's stirred. Whatever Eddie monkeys in the closet, right, remember, when Jesus <laughs> shows up. <laughs> That's right. They're all coming out. Because kingdom can occupy the same space as darkness. No. Oh, man. Yeah. Jesus didn't come to coexist. No. You know, so I see some bumper stickers that, that say coexist. Sticker. I hate it. And, man, I'm like, no, the mission of the gospel was he came to displace the kingdom of darkness. Yep. And so, and I know that upsets people, <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's, that's okay. Right. They, they, they can be upset. But, we love them, too. But, but, but the thing is that what they're hearing is good news. Because you don't want cancer and, and, and one part of your body be sick and the rest of your body be healthy. You, you want all good. Right? You, you don't you don't want truth and lies. I've yeah. never heard anybody that wants to be in a relationship yeah. with somebody who's telling half truths. Yeah, you know, let's coexist. It, it, yeah, it, it, it never make any works sense. practically. Yeah. You know, so at that time, I'm on the floor. Everything was gone. I felt peace for the first time in my life. Wow! Because it it was it was it was just me and and the Lord. And I, I got up from that time, and I remember telling him, sir, thank you. And then he yelled at me. <laughs> don't thank me. He said, don't, don't think of me. <laughs> Only think of Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> so good. And, and awesome. uh, like he, he, he got like intense because he was saying, I didn't do this. Yeah. Uh, Jesus did this. That was a Friday. That's uh, awesome. That was a Friday. And I went back to the doctor on Monday. What happened? They checked my body. I have no cancer, no sign of cancer. And the damage that was done by the radiation, it was gone. 
Come on. Wow. Jesus. This has such significant meaning because God didn't just take care away the cancer. He took away the damage that man did. And people need to know that. Yep. Human beings have made a lot of mistakes, even when they were well-intended. God will heal completely. That shalom is a complete, complete, complete wholeness. And so, my goodness, from that time, it was about two days later, I began preaching. No, I wasn't ordained. No, it wasn't complicated. I just met sick people. And I just began, I laid hands on people like second day after I was touched myself. And I was doing the same thing. And I want to tell anybody, they say, well, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how to preach. If you know enough to get saved, open your mouth. <laughs> if you knew enough to get yeah. saved, you know enough to get somebody else saved. Tell them what you know. Yep. That was the beginning of my first book. Wow. This was actually the beginning and the source of all of me being in ministry. Yep. I'm just sharing yep. what he shared with yep. me. Yeah. I have freely received. I'm freely really giving. Ministry is so crazy complicated when I listen to people <laughs> in America. Oh, my goodness. For me, I don't want to go near that. Yeah. I'm just a simple guy. It's like Jesus, you know, when he heals someone or saves someone, he tells them to go tell them what I did. He yeah. doesn't say go learn the Bible, you know, get trained. That's right. Just go, go testify. Yeah. That, that, that's, why, that's why Jesus, man, he, 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 he told, he told uh, real quick, Old Testament discipleship, the young men, about six years old, would have to go to Bethsaifer. And they would have to go to these different levels of schooling, right? And the whole thing was that a student was trying to be the best scholar they could be. And then they'd have to go in these different levels. And at the highest level, if they performed really well, like Rhodes Scholar, like Valedictorian levels, maybe, maybe the Rabboni would accept them as a disciple. If they didn't get accepted, the rabbis would say, go and learn a trade. When Jesus met Peter and Andrew, what were they doing? Fishing. It means they didn't make the, they didn't make mm. the cut. They were rejects. <laughs> they were rejects. And now Rabboni was seeking the disciple, wait, that never happens. The, they're hoping maybe I could be with Rabboni. And there's three things that they wanted to do. They wanted to be, uh, they wanted to be with Rabboni. They wanted to be like Rabboni. And they wanted to do what Rabboni does. And here Jesus, the King of Kings, Jesus, is saying, if you will let me, if you will allow my word into you, I will make you new. I will cast all darkness out of you. I will heal you physically, mentally, spiritually. And then I'm going to set your life on fire mm -hmm. with my power. Yep. And I will send you, and yes, not just in church services, everywhere. And you will be witnesses unto me. Which is why I believe the, the born-again creation is the formation of a temple. And I share this a lot, that Jesus took me from being a tomb to making me a temple. 
And that's what being saved is all about. I had death in me, and now I have life in me. This stuff's not complicated. And now I'm a temple. So he fills the temple with Holy Spirit power and with gifts. And what does he say? He says, go and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, tell them the kingdom. My authority has come. And so this is where I'm telling people that if you don't start If you don't, it's like what you said when you opened up, faith and obedience. If you've got faith, obey with what you believe. And it's going to make new faith, new experiences. And before you know it, years are going to pass. And you're going to realize that Rabboni has been making us fishers of men, which really didn't have much to do with fishing. It was a colloquialism back then. This is that your words will be so compelling, everyone will listen to you. He's going to make you the kind of teacher that move other people. But so many people are afraid to even say that they're a Christian. Mm. We must repent. Yep. And churches must repent. We must stand up and stand out and simply be witnesses of what God does. Yeah. Agreed. I, I love that Jesus said this and he said this to them. He's like, you didn't choose me. I chose you which is the opposite of the culture because the kingdom is always countercultural to the dominant narrative of the present moment. The kingdom is always like um, against that. So anyway, that's, that's that. So now you, you get healed. This is a confirmed miracle. I mean, cancer left your body. Yes. You're, you're, you get a job. What's going on? Then what happens? Yeah, so that happened to myself when you're in college. And so I go through college and I'm praying for people in college and I'm, I'm living this stuff out and I'm growing and I'm reading the Bible and reading the Bible. And we're seeing people healed at college. And then I graduate, I get recruited by a pretty large corporation. And uh, they're in 190 countries. They're big. It's like, okay, this is a great experience. And then I'm there and I do the same thing I did in college. And I start talking to people about Jesus. I had to do it carefully. I had to do it with wisdom. But the same thing was happening. So there was always this growth of learning the word and sharing with people. But I was growing in corporate America. And um, I knew I wasn't going to stay in corporate America. But I was there for 10 years. And I remember walking in the office at one point and all of a sudden it hit me saying, I think I've learned what I was supposed to learn. And then I knew it was time to leave. And uh, it, it, it took time. It, the, the position that I held, I, I didn't just leave that day. It, it took six months to navigate and plan and prepare. But I knew that I had to dedicate um, all my energy to what God was calling me to. Wow. And um, some people say, wow, you left this job and... It was, it was a lucrative position. You know, I, yeah. was, I was doing well. And, and, and sometimes people would say, wow, you know, you sacrificed for Jesus. Wow, how did you do that? And I just laugh when I hear that. I say, oh, you thought it was hard? <laughs> it was easy to leave. When you find your calling, when you find why you breathe, that ignites your life. Yep. And so it was like money doesn't do that. The, the, the job didn't do that. And I, I, I don't think I understand it, but I think I get a glimpse of it when Jesus said, my bread is to do the will of the, the, will of the Father. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's something to it. And, and, and um, 
my family thought I was a bit crazy. People thought I was crazy. Um, I remember uh, one of the vice presidents on my last day said, Steve, don't you have a little boy? Like, what are you going to do? But there was just this inner witness mm-hmm. that, that I knew that I'm going to get out of the boat and I'm going to be okay. And what's so ironic is that company called me after we, after I was in ministry for a while and they, they invited me back to go to Chicago and they were going to give me a, another good position. And, uh, they asked me, are you eating rice yet? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I declined the position. It wasn't too long after, maybe a couple years, three years, the whole division shut down. The ministry is sustained by the grace of God. It's like Jesus always giving you the better end of the bargain if you just follow it. Yes. That's always the deal. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, this is the thing. Like, let's just, let's just use Peter. Everyone knows Peter. You're reading from one of his books, right? Yeah. If Peter doesn't follow Jesus, he is a no-named fisherman from Galilee. He's like a redneck. (laughs) Nobody knows him. He has no impact. Like the Bible does not give you the rich young ruler's name yeah, for a reason. Yeah. And so to enter into significance, there is a realm of sacrifice that is required, but, but the sacrifice is what you receive is so much greater. Like this is the way I'd frame it. Like God can do more with a calling than I can with a career. Oh, so powerful. I've experienced this, you so know, in, in my life, like, and I'm super thankful. <laughs> so like, okay. So then how did you know you were going to start a church? And I think it's important too, like for people who are listening, like, how did you even get the building that we're in? Like, yeah. it's, it's really important for people. I think. So, you know, at this time, and I want to share something real quickly about, about success. This is how crazy this is. People say having money women, the cars, all that stuff, success. They want me to dedicate my life to the stuff that Satan has authority over. Let that one sit a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we have to think that. Was about that was a right hook. We <laughs> have to think about that because <laughs> it's a trap. Yep. Okay. And you're trying to fund something that God is not necessarily in now. I'm going to, I'm going to share. I don't believe that we should be poor to the degree that we're lacking. I believe money is good, but not when it's your master. That's right. Right. And I believe that we should be prospering and we should be blessed. That's part of the Abrahamic blessing. But I'm talking about taking those things and saying that's success. Mm, You see, they've changed provision to being something that is the goal. The goal is that I get somewhere, not that I have gas in my car. Mm-hmm. Funds and money is like gas. It gets me somewhere, exactly. which we call success. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm lacking yeah. now. Okay, I leave. I don't, have, I don't have the income that I had. And there were certain financial decisions we had to make in, you know, in, in, in doing all of that. And, uh, but the idea of the church wasn't because I was trained in the church. I was reading the scripture. And as I'm reading the scripture and studying, there was this massive shift that I knew that what he was telling me wasn't for me. I knew it was for others. And it became so intense. I told my wife, uh, if we don't start a church and tell people about this, I'm going to explode. Mm. 
Now, I had been discipling people individually, all these people I was talking to, and I said, this is impossible to do. And all of a sudden, the light bulb went off, said, hey, how about I get them together in one room? You see how organic that was? Yeah. I think I need to get them together in one room. I, I can give, I, I can teach them all this. And then all of a sudden, it was like, wait a minute, sh- should that be a church? But I didn't know. I wasn't trained by the church. And I remember one day, I know right where I was. I remember the moment it happened. I did not know what words of knowledge were. But I heard, not audibly, but I heard the words, I'm going to train you outside the institution so you could affect the institution. institution." Didn't know what that meant. But I began to understand that all this training that I had over a period of years was now going to be used, and my training in corporate America were going to be used, and the two were going to intersect to understand, to start to build something. And so we began to uh, rent a place um, and uh, people told me, um, I didn't know there was such a thing called church planning. Like, I didn't know there was a term for that. Um, and, uh, but I, I found out later that people told me I broke all the church planning rules. Like, I did everything wrong. They said, God must be with you. Um, and, uh, but at some point, we were like, you know, this isn't a good use of time to set this up with the place where we're renting, break it down, set it up, break it down. And, um, a pastor calls me in town, and um, he says, Pastor Steve, and I was ordained at this point, because I was bivocational for, for a while, um, but he said, Pastor Steve, there's a building uh, that you should look at. Uh, it's for sale. So my wife and I came to the building. It was owned by the Ukrainian Archdiocese, Catholic Archdiocese in Philadelphia. Manager of two hours to come show us the building. And uh, it's got two buildings on the property. And I asked the man, I said, can you just give us a couple of minutes? My wife and I went to the altar. And uh, my wife and I prayed, John chapter 14, if you ask anything, that my father will be glorified. He said, I will do it. So we asked for the property. Literally, I walked off the, the altar, down the aisle, down the steps, and I saw the owner there. And I said, put my hand out, shaking his hand, I said, we're buying the building. Please start the paperwork. We're gonna do this. The only thing is I don't have a job (laughs) (laughs) beyond ministry. And um, I was getting paid such a small amount. We've got no collateral. The church is even around long enough for a bank to look at that as any kind of like financial history. And, um, but I told him, and I told him, I'm confident the financing is going to come through. So we go back into the building (laughs) and, uh, I'm not afraid. I'm excited. Um, there's this expectation that you have when you have faith. Yes. You're dancing in advance, if you will. Mm. You don't wait for the music. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you, cre- yeah. you create the song yeah, you're the music <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you create the song um, and uh, there was a, uh, another lady that came there and I looked at her and I said um, that man, I never met him before but I knew he was some sort of builder in the area his face comes to me his name rather, his name comes to me and, uh, and I'm like that guy I don't know who this guy is. Why is that guy on my mind? Again, sometimes it's good that you don't know that you don't know. Because I didn't know that that was God speaking to the degree, but it was strong enough to say, I 
you know that man that you told me about a while ago? We need to go see him. She looks at me like, what? wait, what? Why? What? I don't know. We need to see him right now. So he wasn't far from where the property was. We walk into his place of business. We sit down. This is about 30 minutes after the first prayer. Like This is all happening quick. And uh, we sit down. He says, uh, who are you? <laughs> I said, my name is Steve Hannett, and I'm a pastor. And here's what God's asked me to do. And here's what we'd like to do. We'd like to buy this building. He looks at me. He doesn't say anything. But I could tell compassion in his face. He says, wait here. My wife, I only spoke for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, because I started crying. I couldn't continue. He gets up, picks up the phone. He says, "Uh, yeah, this is so-and-so. He says, yeah, uh, let's start the paperwork on buying a church building. Wow. He sits back down. He said, Steve, God has blessed me mightily. And every time I opened my hand, he put his hand out and he opened from a fist to an open palm. He said, every time I release, gives God the opportunity to put more in. He wrote a check that day and co-signed with us to such a large degree of the principle of the building that our new church plant was able to pay the mortgage. Wow. Wow. And we paid that mortgage off during COVID-19 pandemic. Wow. wow. That's awesome. And I share this because if, awesome. if you keep, if you keep, and, and, and for people who don't know, it's not that the property is a mega building property, but it's in Bergen County, yeah. New Jersey, where real estate is crazy. crazy. Mm-hmm. And so two buildings to be able to do that. And and uh, the, the thing to know is that, you know, when you're going after the Lord's work, he will provide for it. And you begin to realize how he appropriates his power, how he appropriates his blessing. And he does these things. And, and I remember uh, being on the floor praying at, at the steps and uh, we would just went on the radio now. This was now a little bit after we went on the radio and is a major radio station in multiple markets. And I didn't know how I was going to pay for all of that. And, uh, and then we said yes to that. And, and I sat down at the steps and I remember him say, never forget what I did about the building. Mm. It was just the beginning. You see, this is how God trains us in the supernatural. And I identify with Abraham's life because he didn't know which end was up when God first called him in Genesis yep. 12. And it was through mistakes and successes and mistakes and successes that he was later able to tell the people, hey, me and Isaac are going up on the build, uh, up on the mountain and uh, we're both coming down. Yeah. You know, how are you both going to come down if he told you to offer him as a burnt sacrifice? He was so convinced and persuaded of God's promise that he knew that God would bring him back from the dead. And Hebrews 11 teaches this, that Abraham was so solid. And I knew, and I know now, and I believe for us around this table, and you who are listening, God training us to greater degrees. But what's so awesome about God is his training isn't easy. He trains by doing and I, I liken it often to resistance training. Adam, you, yeah. you, you know about, you yeah, know, uh, power lifting. Yeah, yeah. You have to be broke. You have to break things down in your body before your muscle is going to grow. Yeah. 
What about faith? And that's why I told God oh, in the man. shower one time when I was in college, God, I want to be a mighty warrior. And I felt all of a sudden like I got afraid, not like afraid, but like, okay, what I just say? Like I knew there was weight on it. I knew like, okay, that's something. So when, when people say, you know, I want to be a great man of faith and I want to do these things. Well, you better buckle up. You better gird yourself well <laughs> because you're because God's going to train you then. And that's why people say, oh, I'm in the wilderness. And, and, and Donjin Kim to this day, uh, when I'm going through adversity or something like that, I, I can't tell you how many, you know, times, you know, we end up the devil's attacking. This is happening. Yep. And he consistently says, I, I'll say, sir, uh, I, I, I need prayer. Uh, such and such is going on. And it could be something big. And he said, oh, very good. You needed that training. <laughs> That's all the time. <laughs> One time I called him with an emergency. That was a scary situation. <laughs> and he laughs and he says, oh, you needed that. That's good. <laughs> and, he hung, and he hung up the phone. And, and you Great. know, he never spoon fed me. I, I'd ask him questions as a young believer. And he'd say, uh, he calling me baby. And he said, baby, you know, read Bible. Go read Bible. <laughs> and he taught me to search the scripture. It's awesome. He didn't rob me from sweating it out. But he was there for me to make sure that I was properly supported. And, and that's why uh, it's very, very good that when we're in these situations, Satan tempts you to fall for destruction. But God's training will cause you to grow. But it doesn't mean it will taste Good and I got things right now that now my prayer is different. Now I yes. understand. Ha ha ha. Okay, God, I will count it joy when I fall into diverse trials, knowing that the testing of my faith will produce what patience. And that word translated is endurance, cheerful endurance. And I yep. began to understand it's through faith, yep. right. That and, and endurance, faith and patience, faith and endurance. And you know, sometimes when we when we have healing uh, conferences, and, and you you guys have seen this, we see instantaneous miracles with limbs growing in front of us and backs and legs, and we've seen zigzag scoliosis, just like I crazy, you know, amazing ears opening up. All these you've seen it, blind Adam, you've seen blind yep, eyes yep. when you've prayed, and then but sometimes. It's not immediate. And you know when you discover real faith, powerful faith, when you need to see nothing. You need to feel nothing. You need no sensory knowledge whatsoever. You live by what's written. And if you tremble at his word, and now I understand it, by faith we know that the word framed, created the worlds. Mm -hmm. And if I could live in the word realm beyond my sensory knowledge, I will be tapping into the realm of supernatural source, which then will create creation. Mm -hmm. And people are waiting to believe what they see. And, and you said this, your faith changes what you see. Yep. That's the purpose. You don't wait for it. You make it 
through faith. Oh, hallelujah. That's right. why yeah. the training of Abraham was first he went by sight. Later, he didn't need to see. And that's why he was able in Romans chapter 4, one of the most powerful faith verses for my own life, he considered not his body. He considered not the wife of his, the body of his wife in her 90s, no biological operation yeah. to have a baby. And what does he do? He still has to be physically intimate with her. He was operating in word revelation. And now what do you have people do? They, they say a, a verse five times and hope it brings power. No, it goes back to the same thing. You've got to know the one who's speaking. And you've got to walk with him. Experience him. Stumble and fall, he'll pick you up. And live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And you will automatically have a supernatural yeah. life in ministry. It's like how much you pray, how hard you pray, doesn't matter if you don't know who you're praying to. That's right. And so now, by God's grace, we've seen miracles and God's growing the church. We've developed a ministry. We've got the TV program, the podcast, all these things, though. It's the same as when I first started. It's just telling people about the one called Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. And so to me, you know, what's really encouraging about your testimony is that God really met you supernaturally to build a foundation, an apostolic foundation in your life. And now, you know, you're really established in the kingdom and in the purposes of God. And that also brings other people into the purposes of God for their life. And so I, I would like you, if you could, would you just pray for those who are like listening that they would have that grace to step out in obedience so that obedience, you know, faith plus obedience will equal their testimony. Because this is about Jesus being glorified. It's not just about hearing a good, powerful story, yeah. but it's it's about you entering into the things that God has for you. And so we, we cannot enter into your calling for you. We can't uh, be faithful with what God called you to do. And God is not going to hold us accountable for what he's called you to do. Mm-hmm. So would you just pray for those who are listening that, um, they would have just that grace and faith to step into what God has. Father, I thank you right now that you are upon your throne. And Lord, you show no partiality. You have no favorites. You have a glorious destiny and call for every man, woman, and child in every nation. Father, it is my prayer right now that, Lord, that there will be people now who will reach out and cry out to you in their trouble, that they will believe upon you that you are the Son of God, that they will receive the forgiveness of their sins so they may receive and believe in who you are, and that they may begin their journey, that they may become sons and daughters of the living God. Lord, I pray for the people who don't know you. I pray that they will embrace that you are Jesus, the only begotten Son of the Father, and that the Father raised you from the dead on the third day. Lord, meet them where they are now, right now, even as I pray. Lord, open their eyes that they may see who you are and what you have done. Lord, I pray they seek you with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, 
And Lord, for those people who have just received you and those people who have even been walking with you, I pray for an activation, an activation for action, that Lord, wherever they are, they're going to take the next step, the next step that you have for them. I pray that you will order their steps, make their next step clear. Make it so clear they can't mistake it. Lord, it may seem small to them, but it will be a beginning. And it may be a major step. And I pray, Lord, that they will take the step. And Lord, I pray one step after another will lead to a journey. And Lord God, that they will never cower. Lord, that their faith in you will cause them to get out of the boat and walk upon water. Lord, I pray that they will pray what Peter prayed, and he said, Lord, command me to come. Lord, I pray they pray it right now. We, we pray it right now together, God. We ask you, almighty God, to command us to come out of the boat, to go to the next level, to go to the next decision, to take action. Lord, so that you may meet us in the next step. I pray, Lord, that your name will be glorified, that your name will be made famous on the earth because they chose to believe you. I pray that they will go from faith to faith, Lord, and, Father, that there will be no cap to it. Lord, that they will continue to grow and go from glory to glory. And I pray right now against the spirit of fear. And I say there shall be no spirit of fear that will hold you bondage to small things. Lord, we speak forth great things, destiny things. And I give you thanks, Lord, for the shifts and the changes right now. That fear will no longer frame their life. Yes, Lord. But faith will frame their life. I give you thanks, Lord, for the mountains that will be climbed. I thank you, Lord, for the valleys that will be navigated. And I thank you, Lord, for the success that one day we will all hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I thank you, Lord, for this. We receive it for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you just prayed that prayer for the first time and, and you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus, and um, you're in the Bergen County area, I want to recommend to you a church. You can go to IWantGrace.org and um, find out more information about Pastor Steve, uh, Hannett, and Kate, and Abundant Grace. They're a great um, family. If you happen to be in the Hudson County area, you can go to RescueChurch.tv and visit us. We'd, we'd be happy to see you there. Um, I want to really encourage you toward Pastor Steve's podcast, Be Healed. That podcast is wherever podcasts are. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. It's like literally everywhere. And um, it will be a blessing to your life. So I want to encourage you to look for that. And Pastor Steve also has a television program called The Miraculous Life that if you search for that on YouTube, you'll find that. So I just wanted to kind of encourage you toward that. And if you're interested in what the ministry is doing, you can go to wecjesusministries.com. We're doing a bunch of stuff on there as well. So thank you for being with us today. We appreciate you. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. It's an honor to be with you. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. 
If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.